Welcome to another episode of Build Authority with me, Fergus Matheson. Today's guest is Don Civic. Thank you so much for joining me today, Don. Thanks for having me. No problem at all. So, Don, if you'd like to introduce yourself to the audience, tell them briefly a little bit about your three books that you've written, and um, then we can delve into the, the conversation. Yeah, sounds great. So my name is Don Sevcik, and I'm the author of three books, one on math tutoring, and the second one on SEO, and the third one on LinkedIn networking and automation. I got my start about 15 years ago building a site called Math Celebrity, which is an automated online math tutor. You could think of it like a Google for math where you enter your math problem, push the button, and in a split second, we will show you the step-by-step work how to solve that problem. And as of last year, we got 6.2 million unique visitors from 235 countries. So that's pretty much what I'm known for. Was that, um, was that something that just took off overnight? Or did, did you think that you would get as much traffic as that? Or was that, was that as big as your expectations? That's what I'm sort of trying to say. It's blown away all my expectations. I mean, I got started because I, I worked a day job as a programmer. And on the side, I wanted to make some more money and branch out. So I started math tutoring of, you know, one or two students on the side. Well, one or two turned into three or four and that turned into five or six. And pretty soon I ran out of time because I'm with a day job and I'm married and, you know, in a family, there's only, you can't scale that business. And so I didn't want to give it up, but I was in kind of an odd spot. So as, as luck would have it, I'm back at my day job. And we're working with the team in India about how to understand American pension plans. Pretty boring stuff. And they were given a book that's like 200 pages explaining all these boring laws and how everything works. Well, long story short, they didn't get it. So what I did is I said, why can't we build a spreadsheet that explains every formula? But in Excel, we're not just going to do the formulas. We're going to show the math that changes instantly when you change a number in a cell. And so I did that. We sent it to the team in India and within 24 hours, they were really excited. They said, yep, we understand this. This is much better than the book. And this cut down their learning curve by like a month and a half. So that's when the light bulb went off. I said, okay, if I can do this for a team in India for American pension plans, and it involves math, why can't I do a math tutoring website that does the same? And then on with the book in mind, was that, was that a conscious thing that you wanted to like, spread it for the credibility i mean it sounded like that you'd already built your client base and you had enough enough clients as it was yeah so we were probably in our ninth or tenth year which was this is probably five years back from now but i had a bunch of people ask me you know how did you get started how'd you build this and i mean i did a couple articles and built built one or two videos. I was on a few podcasts, but the most obvious answer was just write a book, right? So half the book was explaining how I got started, how I built the site, the motivation behind it. And the second half was just tips, tricks, and shortcuts for how to understand math. Because the motivation for that was like the biggest problem, especially in the States is kids are just bored, right? They don't have the attention span we did 50 years ago. So why not give them what they want in you know, seconds, Here's the shortcuts. Here's the quickest formulas. Here's the fastest, most efficient way to figure this problem out. And then just lay it all out in a book, right? Just put it out there and let's see what people say. So that's, that was kind of the motivation is half of what was who I am, how I got started and, and why I did what I did. And the second thing was just, here's everything on paper for you, broken down by subject and how to do math faster than you ever thought possible. 
do you think you almost shortcut your process of of writing the book by knowing your knowing the subject better and knowing those pupils better i think that's part of it but the other thing that helped me is what i've built up over the years there's a great book called the technique for producing ideas it's really just a pamphlet it's not even a full book and some of the best copywriters and, and research people and idea generators I've known have recommended this book. And it's a five-step process. But really, the magic happens with immersion, and then you step away. So if you immerse yourself in a topic for days, weeks, months, take your notes, do your, do your thinking, do your internal meditation on it. And then what you do is you step away for a while. And what happens is when you step away, you're either shaving, showering, driving in the car, going to get groceries the big idea hits you, right? Or the idea that you couldn't think of before hits you. And the reason for that is the subconscious has time to crank. It has time to sit there, meld all the, the immersion and the data together and spit out an idea because you gave it a breather, you gave it a chance. And so when I did that, that's kind of how I came up with the structure of the book. And, and really the rough draft of that book was written in probably seven days. And then the, obviously the editing process takes longer, but a technique for producing ideas is a brilliant pamphlet. And I think anybody who's writing the book should, should read it three times at least. Oh, definitely. I'll definitely check that out myself and I'll put that in the show notes as well. So that people know what that is. If that's a recommendation that you, you have and you buy by what did you have anything, any resources or anything that helped you write the book? I mean, obviously this was your first time of writing a book. Was there anything that you, you, you specifically looked at to, to get the writing element right? Does that make sense? Yeah, I use, I use Scrivener to start with, and then I transfer it to Google Docs before I send it off to my publisher. And my favorite tool, and if you go to Amazon and look at my reviews, you could see this. My favorite tool to use is the Hemingway app. So I'm a big proponent of getting your writing down to a sixth grade level or a seventh grade level minimum, but sixth grade is even better. And what I found is not just with books, but with articles, with blog posts, with videos, the reader or the listener glides over your words. Like the biggest piece of feedback I ever got was it doesn't even feel like reading to me. It's just so easy to decipher. And the other bonus, the other magic that happens when you write at a sixth grade level is people tend to trust you more and they tend to stick with your book longer. And the reason for that is if you use big words that try to sound smart and talk over people, not only do you make the reader work harder you're burning glucose in the brain because as you know the brain only has a certain amount of energy you only have a certain amount of willpower during the day and if you're slogging through big giant words that you that could be written easier and more simpler you're really wasting brain power and so that was that was one big thing and the other big thing is is people tend to trust you more if you could break down ideas into a sixth grade level for anybody to understand They'll stick with your writing more. They'll trust you more. They'll want to read more. I mean, if you look at the reviews for my second book, the dominant theme is I, I'm reading about a topic which usually people talk at me with jargon, which is SEO, but it's written for anybody, right? Like, like a 15-year-old could pick my second book up, read about SEO and understand it instantly, right? We're not talking over the reader's head. You owe it to your reader as a writer to make things as easy and simple as possible. And so that's what really helped me write the books. Do you think that's why it was so successful that it, it appealed for that like one person that you were trying to talk to, but as well as that, anyone could understand it? Yeah, the, the, my favorite phrase is just have a barstool conversation. It's just you and a friend sitting on a barstool talking. 
And when you do that, would you use words like, oh, the current quarterly projections for our income is, is directly related in proportion to the revenue we expect? No, you wouldn't talk like that. You talk like you're talking to a friend. And again, you're, you're building trust, right? It's just you and a friend talking. And when the friend asks you a question, you answer it. You don't dance around the point. You don't talk over their head. You don't try to be a Harvard professor. I mean, think about it. If you're, and this, this doesn't just go for books, by the way. It goes for LinkedIn posts. It goes for blogs. It goes for videos. If you're trying to talk like a perceived higher person, like in a corporation or a CEO, there's a problem. You aren't being yourself. And if you aren't being yourself you're being fake. And if you're being fake, then why should the reader or the viewer or the listener ever trust you? Yeah. Cause it definitely doesn't build, build authentic. Uh, obviously it's a, it's a go-to word at the moment, but authenticity or, or even honesty to a point. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's, I know that's a big buzzword, but the, the, the big, the big phrase to remember here is if you have to tell people you're authentic, you're not. Right. And I think that's the reason why I've succeeded is I just give it to them raw. Right. Sometimes I use slang. Sometimes I use uh, off color language in my post. But you know what? If the, whether or not the person likes me, they know instantly that I'm real. I'm not trying to talk over their head. I'm not trying to give them a big dissertation or a lecture. I'm just here it is. Here's how I did it. And if you like it, great. And if not, that's cool, too. Do you think that comes with no offense to you, but age as well? Yeah, that's one of my favorite parts about getting older. I mean, I know when we're all younger, we're all trying to make a name for ourselves and project a certain image out there. But I think as you get older, you just stop caring about what people think about you and start caring about what you think about the person who's looking back at the mirror at you is. Because let's be honest, when you wake up, that's the person you got to impress the most. If you're if you're happy with yourself, I like to say the inner self is always coming through. If you're, if you're coming across as happy with yourself, people can smell that on you. They can pick it up. When you walk down the street, they can tell whether you're fake or not, even if you never speak a word. And that's, and that's honestly just the subconscious coming through. You may, you may want to project an image of strength or an image of wisdom, but, but inside is what's really coming through. If you don't have that confidence or that secure peace of mind in who you are and what you can do, then it all goes to waste. So it's easier to just be who you are let that come through and you'll get an audience. Some people won't like you. That's great. But the people that do, you'll attract them even harder because you're not trying to portray a fake character. It's just you. Do you feel like that's, that's the main thing about like, obviously you want to be proud of a book, but if you're not lined up with that book, then you're not going to be able to promote it fully or be able to market it in the right way. Yeah, that's a great point. I mean, you got to think of a book as an extension of you, right? Your book is almost your salesman or your branding agent to the world. You got to remember for hardcover and paperback books, that book sits in their house, right? That's a part of their family. If they, if they put it on their counter or their desk, every time they go back there, there you are again. And so is that, is that a piece, is that a piece of you that you want out there speaking to everybody? Because, you know, when they pick my book up, if it's about SEO or LinkedIn, it's, it's a journey, right? It's like, here's who you are today, but here's who you could become versus somebody who's just kind of lecturing you of here's the dumb things you've done. And I'm smarter than you and you should do this instead of just bonding with the reader and bringing them on a journey. So, yeah, I mean, I think your, your book is almost a projection of you. It's almost like a permanent advertiser, a permanent brand advocate. You're almost that like cheerleader on you for that person 
by that underdog that picks up the book as well. Yeah, I mean, the book's written for underdogs. It's written for regular people. It's even written, written for high achievers, right? Because high achievers got to deal with the same thing. It's like they got a bunch of people coming at them, uh, pumping advice at them, or, or the old curse of you should do this. And the first question is why, right? Like, why should I do it? But if you give them a compelling reason why and easy to understand language, and you show them not only what works about your book, but what, what, what doesn't work. Like in all my books in the introduction, I'm honest with people. I'm like, here's what this book will do for you. And here's what it's not right. And like for the SEO book, I, I'm not telling you about paid advertising and I'm not telling you this is going to happen overnight. But if you, if you do these things, your traffic will grow. And I mean, the same with the LinkedIn book, you may not want 30,000 connections. You may not want to spend two or three years, but even if you spend a fraction of the time, here's what you can expect. And if you put that energy out to the reader and the universe, you'll, you'll find that the right fans come and follow you. Oh, definitely. Those people will definitely come come back because they resonate with what you're saying and because you've looked after them throughout the book. Um, there will be probably people that won't, like in, generally in life, that won't take and implement those those things. But at least you've said then, you've laid it down for them to say, you've got to put in the hard work you've got to do the steps these are the steps but you've got to do the hard work as well it's not like a, a magic wand yeah and i mean a big part of a book i mean let's be honest it's a sale right and even if they get your book for free what are you selling in that book you're not just selling you you're not just selling your way of life or your point of view you're selling an ideal future self that that reader can achieve and as if you've read anything about sales you'll know that the greatest salesmen will all tell you this in every sale we buy on emotion and we justify it later with logic. So you have to bring the reader on an emotional journey. You can give them the six steps to achieve this, but if there's no emotional compelling reason, no backstory, no future expected, who, who can I be as a better person? You're, you're not going to engage them. You're not going to compel them. I mean, I, I forgot what study it was, but if you go out there, there was a, uh, I think the guy's name is Damasio. I, I may have to, you may have to check me on that, but he did a study where there was a, there was a guy that had brain damage to, I believe it was the limbic center of his brain. And after that happened, he couldn't make any decisions. And so they, they, they were blown away because they're like, that has nothing to do with logic, right? Making decisions. That's the emotional center of the brain. But what they found is when the limbic system's damaged and your emotional systems are off kilter, you can't make a decision. Well, what does that tell you? We make decisions emotionally based. Even the coldest, most data-driven person, when they're buying something, there is an emotional pull behind it, whether it's ego or status or, or future, future implied version of a better version of their self today. There is an emotional undercurrent to any good book. It brings you on a journey, not just expanding your mind, but who you could be, who you want to be. Brilliant to have you on, Don, but... In summary or in conclusion, I think it's important to think when you're writing a book to be genuine and write a genuine book that you can be proud of. Yeah, just be yourself. I mean, if you're trying to put out a fake false version of yourself, it just burns brain power, burns energy. And you have to keep up the lies with your audience. It's you, you can, you can amp up your personality a little bit. That's fine. If, it, if it's almost like, it's an embellished version of you where you're just maybe a little louder, a little more brash, but, but the values and the principles you're communicating are, are who you've been your whole, your whole life. That's fine. But if you're trying to pawn yourself off as an expert when you've never done this stuff, and I think that's the biggest disease right now out there 
in the book industry is you've got a bunch of people pretending to be experts, but they've never done it. So for instance, the mechanic who's never flown in the helicopter, they just fixed because they don't trust their, they don't trust their skills or, or the 400 pound person who's pawning themselves off as a fitness expert. Right. I mean, it's just, it's not, it's not real. And part of the reality, the realness, the genuineness of the book is not just what you learned and what you're good at, but the dumb stuff you did that you figured out and you could save your reader their learning curve and their time if you share that too. Definitely. Where can people connect with you um, on social media or website or where can they connect with you? Yeah, the two biggest places I hang out are LinkedIn. So it's just Don Sevcik, S-E-V-C-I-K. And then I'm also on Math Celebrity. That's my biggest site, M-A-T-H-Celebrity.com. Thanks again for being on, Don. Thank you so much for being on Build Your Three. Yeah, thanks for having me. I had a blast.